If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Dot Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do. Our core technology is like basically the eyes for robot. We think with those technology, we can make a robot that can actually do things for humans. And also, we like to make one that looks really cool, looks really cute. You're just about to hear the story of a robot that covers both these areas really well. The Mint Steno Robot. Dr. Leo Pang is the founder of Santa Clara-based artificial intelligence technology company, Slytech. And he's the creator of Mint Steno, which Bloomberg ranked the cutest robot of CES 2016 when it premiered. Steno identifies multiple users through face recognition. It also performs tasks based on feedback in real time. And Steno might very well help you find items in a store, check you in for an appointment, or guide you through a museum in the very near future. Leo, how did robotics first come to spark your imagination as something you really wanted to make your work in life? Yeah, that actually came from when I was really young. You know, when I attended elementary school, I read those books about robots. I was really fascinated about it. You know, at that time, I was trying to create, you know, a really small, tiny model robot, right? (laughs) It cannot do anything, but it looks cool, you know, with a this big bumpy head with two legs, two arms. I thought that that's a robot. <laughs> yeah, so starting from that time, yeah. What was the journey like from there, from creating a robot that didn't do anything that looked really cool to creating a mint steno robot that was cute and is cute but does all kinds of incredible stuff? Well, that's really a long journey. You know, when I got into the middle school, I joined the, basically the drone team now called drones, they used to be called just a model airplane, right? So we make those uh, model airplanes so we can remote control it. Then when I got into college, at that time I was in China, I first attended uh, the University of Science and the Technology of China, which is a really top school in China. Then I got into this lab, we basically doing, you know, kind of like a doing something special related to robots is basically doing all kind of like computation-based measurement that try to help a robot can know the environment, measuring the distance, just like you know people now talk about the LiDAR for self-driving cars, that kind of instrument and measuring the technologies. Eventually, I got into Stanford. I did my PhD in mechanical engineering then additional master in computer science, and my major was uh, computation. So we basically trying to create a, like a human eyes for robots. Then after school, I did a couple companies, and this one we, is my actually third startup. We started in 2014. Then we start creating the robot itself, so that we can demonstrate our technology. Our core technology is like basically the, the eyes for robot. Now we've made this mini standard robot which can actually 
do things useful for humans. So as you can see, it's really a long journey to get here, to get this point. I saw the mint steno robot at Sensors, and this is a cute, very cool robot. Please tell me the story of coming up with that concept. How did it first come to you that this is what you wanted to make? Yeah, so when we started uh, Mint in 2014, we thought it's about the right time to develop uh, those uh, service robots because, uh, you know, there are basically three core technologies for robot to work. The first one is uh, natural language processing so that the robot can understand what you are saying and you can give a command to robots. So the, this NLP technology has been developed in the last 10, 15 years. Now uh, it's getting mature. It's just like you can talk to your phone. You know, iPhone has a Siri. You know, you have a Google Voice, those kind of things. So the communication between um, robot and the human I think it's kind of like uh, getting to the stage that's kind of working. Then the second main technology is uh, movement or motion-related. Those kind of now is uh, called self-driving, right? So self-driving for cars that we're supposed to drive and self-driving for those service robots which can move around. And we do have the core technology, which is a dual camera plus we call structure light, and also the motion sensor combined. So this is the sensor we believe that will be used for every robot, self-driving cars, delivery robot, uh, VR, AR, drones, so that it can help the robot to recognize the environment, and know where it is located, uh, and also navigate in that space and when it bumped into a human or a desk, it can know something from it and know exactly the size, dimension of that obstacle and can actually go around it. So we think with uh, those technologies, we can make a robot that can actually do things for humans, right? And also we, we like to make one looks really cool, looks really cute. As you mentioned, you know, that that's why we put together a team, and also we work with a very good design team. So we came up uh, the design. We actually went through like more than hundreds of uh, different design. I mean, the, the look, outlook of the robot. Eventually, we picked with this one. We, we think this one looks really cute. You know, everyone look at it and they love it. So then we made the first model then put our technology in. Then 2016 at CS, we rushed for about like four months, day and night, and we were able to get this robot to CS. And then there actually uh, also a really is a story about how to ship this robot to CS. So <laughs> that's <laughs> we almost uh, missed it, but we got there on time. It's uh, really fascinating. I wish you'd share that story. How'd you almost miss CES 2016? Yeah, so because uh, we actually manufactured our first robot in China, so we have to ship it to U.S. At that time, you know, because we are really basically like just a couple of days before CES start, we finally got the robot done. So if we do the normal shipping, it would be too late. So fortunately, one of our investors 
they were going to attend the CES. They fly from you know Beijing to Las Vegas. So we asked them, can they actually take this robot with them? They said, yeah, okay, we will take it. But the robot itself is quite large with a box. So instead, Leo says, the investors asked the major airline carrier on which they would travel to ship the robot. The carrier agreed. And they first shipped it from, their flight is from Beijing, then to Shanghai, then from Shanghai to San Francisco. So in Shanghai, they checked in the robot. Then when they landed in San Francisco, they got all your luggage, but the, the robot was missing. And they talked to the airline. The airline checked that they couldn't figure out where the robot is. And then they have to take their connecting flight to Las Vegas. I actually, I went to the airport. I supposed to, you know, take the robot. And then we drive to Las Vegas. But the, you know, <laughs> the robot was not there. So we said, Oh my God! So this is really bad. But a couple of hours later, Leo received a very welcome call from the airline. They called me. They said they actually found the robot. That time I told them, we already on the way to Las Vegas. How do we get this robot? They said, I asked them, can they ship the robot to Las Vegas? They said, yes, they, they can ship to Las Vegas. So then, you know, we drove to Las Vegas. The next day, we went to the Las Vegas airport. And eventually, we got our robot. Then we have to carry that to the hotel, then open it up. And fortunately, stood in you know, good shape. Then we carried that you know, to the CES. Then we spent pretty much the whole night to test it, make sure it, it was working. So, uh, yeah, as I said, you know, we almost missed it, but uh, we made it. Phew, the joys of being an innovator, right? Yeah, yeah. It sounds like it really paid off for you because I see here that Bloomberg ranked the Mint Steno robot as the cutest robot of CES 2016. Yeah. How'd you find out about that award? Well, we, because in 2016, I see yes, not that many robots, especially this kind of a service robot. So the reporter from Bloomberg, she actually went through all the booths looking for robot, then took pictures, uh, talked to those companies. So he looked at all of them, and he rated uh, ours is the cutest. She even came over the second time, told us, now she has a look at uh, all the robots, and this is the cutest robot, and he, she reported that on Bloomberg. Wow, all that scrambling and worrying about the robot catching its flight and getting lost paid off. That's so great. Since then, we have not said one word yet about what Mint Steno will do in a specific setting. Suppose somebody has a small business. Let's say they have a bookstore. Mm -hmm. And we get a Mint Steno robot, we set it down right in the middle of a small bookstore. What can it do? Right, yeah. So in general, Steno is a general platform of this kind of a service robot. We can actually customize that for each application. So for the use case you just mentioned, in the bookstore, what the Steno can be customized as a both a greeting robot and also uh, more like a shopping guide robot. So if you have a, someone coming to your store, Steno actually has the object uh, of recognition. 
and also face recognition. So he can recognize there is a customer coming into the store and depend on whether this person has been in the store before. If they have been the, the store before, uh, Stano actually can recognize this person and maybe can actually call his name. If this is the first time he say that he sees that customer, he can say, hello, how are you doing? Welcome to my bookstore. What can I help you? Then uh, a customer can ask Stano, say, okay, actually I'm looking for a book for my daughter. You know, the book name is Tourist George. Then Stano basically can recognize the name of the book. Then he can actually looking for his database. Then he found, okay, uh, he said, oh, Curious George, yeah, we do have this book. The book is in L7. Let me take you to L7. So Stano has this core technology we call visual positioning system, you know, the one I described before. So basically, Stano has a map, the bookstore, and he can actually move around in the bookstore. He can actually design a path from where is located to L7, then basically go from there to L7. And in the middle, if there are other customers or if there is a desk, Stano can actually recognize those. Then he can either ask the customer to maybe move a little bit or he can actually design a path that can go around the customer or the desk that eventually get to the L7. Then he can basically tell the, that customer here you are, the book you asked, this material George, is right here. Then once you get the book, you can actually, you don't have to go to the registration to check out, you can actually check out at Stano. So Stano can scan the barcode, then you can just pay. Uh, if you, this is in China, it's very simple. You can generate a 2D barcode, then you just use your phone to scan that barcode, then you pay it by WeChat. So the whole buying book, this whole procedure can be automated and uh, done with a mini-stand-on robot. Wow. You're making it sound very easy, but what are some of the biggest challenges involved when you're working with artificial intelligence and maybe you're putting a robot into a place that's going to change, like a bookstore, we're going to do different displays at different times of year, for example? Right. So there are quite a few challenges. The one we focusing on uh, conversation-based navigation and obstacle avoidance uh, system. So basically, the stando, the first time you put a stando into the store, the stando will just uh, walk around. Uh, when uh, stando walk around, it basically scans the environment and the build a 3D map. And this is a, not a map for human, but a map for the robot. So it's a three-dimensional map with a very high accuracy, the centimeter scale accuracy. Then it will use this map to figure out itself where it is located. The next time, if you move the things around, for example, you move the desk around or you move the shelf around, then then the next time when it gets to that location, it can recognize those items have been moved. So it will update its own map. So the map will keep updated. That's one thing. And also those are dynamic object, like for example human, because when Stano move around in, in the store, there are other customers walking around. 
So Stano can in real time detect all those objects, detect their distance, their 3D shape. Then based on that, it has an algorithm to calculate the path. Let's say from point A to point B, then it first draw a path, then move in, uh, move on that path. But if in the middle, if there is another customer in front, it will recalculate the path. It will run the customer, then go around, then eventually get to the point B. So it's actually quite complicated, but we're trying to make that we design the whole hardware and software so that we can make that relatively uh, simple, straightforward, and we also license this to other companies making robots so that we can basically enable all the robots that can actually, just like a human has eyes, we can recognize the environment and we can move around freely. In other words, this is a trailblazer. It's setting the ground for future robotics. Yeah. How does Steno recognize emotions? If we have, let's say, going back to our bookstore example, if you have a customer in here who's really pretty disappointed about something, can it recognize that? Well, that actually, in some sense, it can recognize, because now we can recognize the shape of the customer and also, you know, we basically recognize, you know, the head, the body, your arm and the legs. So from the kind of like a simpler to gesture, right? So you can somehow get a sense uh, whether the customer is uh, happy or angry. And also Stano recognize the face of the customer. Although we are not really focusing on face recognition, you know, we have our own technology, but we also work with other companies who are their focus is face recognition. So basically from the face recognition, you can also kind of like figure out the, whether the customer is happy or they're angry. And also with the help of the voice recognition, right, you can hear what they say and from what they say, try to figure out whether they're happy or not. Yeah, so by combining all those technologies together, yeah, the robot the standard can actually get a sense whether you know, the customer is satisfied or they're angry or not. Wow, what a cool robot. If you had this to create all over again today, what would be the best lesson that you learned from creating Steno that might cause you to create it differently, if at all? Let me think. I thought about that many times. But at the end, you know, sometimes we think maybe, for example, we should make Steno maybe a little bit smaller, so that it's easier to carry because Stano is, is quite heavy. It's like, a, like 120 pounds. It will be easier to carry as a luggage in the airplane. Maybe we can dig Stano into a couple modules. So I think that's pretty much the only thing we, if we were able to redesign, we would do it. But actually that's something we are doing it right now. So we, we were really happy with the, the outlook of Stano. I think we have seen so many uh, robots made by other companies, so so far we still like our Stano the best. And also the size of Stano I think is perfect because that time we look at it, we said, okay, you know, if a human standing in front of Stano, the Stano wouldn't be like too short. And also if we, you know, lay, if we sit on sofa, when we talk to Stano, the Stano should be about the same height as a human. So those are, I think, we all 
we thought about those we designed in that way so far is uh, still the right thing. The standard is a little bit heavier. That's because we have a really large battery which can last uh, for a week. So the only thing we are modifying standard is actually we make it into multiple modules, like uh, the head, the body, the base, so that uh, when, for example, when we repair standard, we can actually, if just the head is bad, we can just uh, you know replace the head. And also when we ship standard or carry standard, we can put them into those are different parts into muscle luggage so that we can actually easily carry that to the airplane or to the train. So that's pretty much the only thing we are we are revising. Which has to be a great place to be two years after having introduced it, realizing, yeah, we've got the best of the best here. Which, of course, leads me to ask, what's next for Steno? Now that you have this product that really is working great, where are you going with it? Yeah, now, so we are actually working with our partners to customize the Steno for different use cases. Like, for example, you know, the bookstore case you just talked about. You know, in general, Steno can do those things, but if you want to make Steno perfect for that use case, you have to customize the hardware a little bit and the mainly software, right, to make it deal with that this flow very smoothly and nicely. So currently, we are working with one of our customers to design to customize the Steno as a small like a front desk for those high-end office buildings, like when you have a. Especially in China, there are so many new office buildings, a high tower. So when you get into to visit your customer, you first need to talk to your customer, kneel down the time. Then when you get into the their office at the lobby, you have to check in. You have to show them your ID and register. Then they give you a card. Then you use that card to to get into the elevator, and also you put a card touch the card at the elevator, then there's just a, that particular floor that you're supposed to visit will, will be light up. Right? So this entire procedure, now we're working with our partner to customize Stano to do that. So basically, Stano is replacing the, the lady at the front desk to do all those registrations. So when you get into the building, Stano will automatically recognize you and if you have a reservation before, you already have your face recorded. So Stano can recognize and say, oh, Leo, welcome to our office building. I know you have a reservation with uh, company Mint. So then Stano will issue an elevator card. You just take that elevator card into the elevator. You use that touch the panel of the elevator, then that particular store, a particular floor uh, that mean company located will light up, and you just uh, go up there. So basically, Stano replaced this whole front desk. It also provides uh, this whole system to do the visitor registration and the management. Wow. What if people listening right now want to know more about the Steno robot or getting one or any more information about some of the new innovations you're doing with it? Yeah, they can find more details about technology and also mean Steno robot at our website, which is www.mintai.com. 
mintai.com, and we're spelling mint with a Y here. What resources, a lot of people listening are total robot enthusiasts, as you and I are, what resources would you recommend to anybody who really wants to know more about creating robots that were helpful to you? Yeah, I think they can actually, with the technology today, they can actually even develop some robot applications themselves. What we are doing and also working with our partners like NVIDIA and iFlytech is that we basically create a platform for people to develop their own robot or their own robot applications. And this platform basically has all VPS technology, so the robot can actually move around, avoid obstacles, as I, what I described before. It also has a development board that you can actually write a program on it to program the robot. So you pretty much just have to learn some programming, especially there is a operating system called ROI, Robot Open System, which was developed by Stanford University that now that becomes kind of like a standard framework or language that you can program a, a robot. So for a lot of people who are really interested to develop their own robot or develop their own applications, they can just take the platform that we provided, then just, you know, do the software stuff, develop, write the program, then they can pretty much come up with their own robot. That is so cool. So we'll see this platform on your mintai.com website? Correct, yes. I think I know quite a few robotics people who are going to be looking for this online. Before we have to wrap up, what has been one of your absolute favorite experiences with your Mint Steno robot? Oh, you know, my favorite one was actually, you know, I have a daughter, she's eight years old. And the first time we took the robot over, I, I put the robot in your know, house after CS for a few days. She just loves Stano so much. She treats Stano as a really, as her companion. She talked to Stano every day, every time for 15, 20 minutes. Just to, you know, play with Stano. She even decorated the Stano, you know. She even hosted a party, invited all her friends over, then they they dance with Sustano. I was really fascinated. You know, kids, they really love robots, and they treat robots uh, as a person. And even for myself, at that time, later on, we have to ship Sustano back to China for another event. But Leo says that 2016 experience, where the airline actually lost the robot for a few hours, meant repackaging it for travel. I had to wrapped the robot myself because we lost the original packing box. I had to manufacture a customized made a big wood box, but that made Stano too heavy, so they, they couldn't ship it for me. So I have to go to Home Depot to buy some bubbles to wrap it up, and then use a carbon box. I cut like a two carbon boxes they were setting for TV, uh, so I wrapped it up. And at that time, I really, then we shipped it out. At that time, I really felt, you know, Stano is a part of my family. You know, he's a real person. So that memory, you know, 
even today, still very clear uh, in my mind. Yeah. Wow, I would have loved to have seen that party with the robot. How fun. Finally, and thank you for your time, if we could only have people get one thing from you and your work with Steno about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you like them to take away from you? I think they have to be persistent. You know, it's a long journey, and you have to get prepared. It takes years, even 10, 20 years, to you know get your dream implemented, realized. But as long as you have a dream, you can get there. Leo, thank you for your time today. Oh, thank you. You and I have been listening to Dr. Leo Pang, founder of Santa Clara-based artificial intelligence company Slytech and creator of the Mint Steno Robot. You'll find more information on the Mint Steno Robot at mintai.com. That's mint, M-Y-N-T-A-I dot com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to additional episodes of Over Coffee on our website, 2mavericks.com. That's 2-T-W-O Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X, 2mavericks.com. And you can contact us at 2mavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.